On this episode of the Unsettled Hunter Podcast, I speak with Gilles Thériault from the Magdalene Islands. Gilles is the director of the Association des Chasseurs du Fouque Inter-Québec, which is an organization that advocates for seal hunters in Quebec. Gilles offers a very unique perspective on hunting and sustainable use, as he is not an active hunter, but is a very active advocate for hunting and sustainable use. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the episode. I guess that my angle is going to be a, a bit different from from others uh, because you know, like I'm I'm working my ass off for uh, hunting, but myself, I'm I'm you know I've been to the seal hunt like once and never been to any other hunt really. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm you know I'm I'm a like super you know I'm like a pro hunter activist without being myself much of a hunter really. So uh, it's a, it's a bit of a different uh, perspective, I would say. Well, that's good because uh, yeah, because you know, it's uh, it's probably rare for a non-hunter to have such a high respect for hunting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might well we might as well start it on that note and continue on there. But would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. And then go on yep, and then sure. follow on from perhaps how you got into being a hunter advocate without really being a super active hunter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep, sure. I can start right away. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So my name is uh, Gilles Terrio. I'm uh, from Magdalen Island. Uh, Magdalen Island is a little island uh, above uh, P.I., right in the middle of the Gulf of St. Lawrence, a very tiny island, about 65 kilometers long and very narrow. So shaped like a a hook, actually. And um, mostly sand here, sand banks and beaches, and a bit of, you know, uh, more solid land, which is basically where our houses are built. So we're very highly dependent on... Uh, marine resources uh, around us uh, and um, obviously among that is is seal so that's basically how uh, I got into hunting uh, because of seal hunting because that's the only animal like large animal that we have here on the Maggie's we don't have bear we don't have deer or moose or anything else we just have seal but it's so it's it's part of our livelihood. It's part of our culture, our heritage. And you know, I've been I was born on this sealing community and have a high respect for for the hunting, uh, seal hunting. So it so in terms of your connections to the the seal hunt, how did you get into working for the association, or being an advocate for the seal hunt then? Yeah, in uh, you know, I was born in uh, in '67, and um, that was about that time when there was a lot of uh, controversy about hunting uh, with all those groups like Greenpeace at that time and WWF, and uh, obviously a little later on Brigitte Bardot and all those um, people. Um, well, basically coming here, telling us uh, what you're doing is horrible. You're killing baby seals, you know, and obviously inventing all those terms, baby, and, uh, you know, which are non-relevant to, to animals. But uh, anyhow, I was, I was sort of raised in that, in that state of mind, you know, in the 70s when I first uh, started to have... Uh, you know, an idea of what was going on around me. I mean, that was that was present. That was in uh, everywhere in the news. And what I was seeing from the inside was uh, a bunch of, of unorganized people struggling to fight this uh, bad image that we were uh, giving of them uh, on the international level. And pretty much everywhere at that time, really. 
uh, even national level. So uh, I thought I thought that was strange, you know, that was that was sort of weird um, because something for me that was very natural, uh, you know, that was part of our livelihood. Just uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, you know, taking the life of uh, of uh, natural resources, but uh, we were doing the same for lobster and and cod and and all sort of fish. But for me, there was no no different, and at that time. Also, a lot of people uh, on the island had were pretty much self-sufficient. So they had little farms. They, they had pigs and cows, and so they were raising them. They were killing them. We would feed, you know, feed the family with those. So I did, I you know, I did not see what was the point of saying that was bad. And seal was not different from any other animal, to my point of view. So I grew up with that sort of state of mind obviously when you're 10 years old you're not thinking oh i'm gonna be a, a seal hunter defend uh, defender <laughs> when i grow up but uh uh you know that that was in the back of my mind and i i studied i went on to study uh, in university uh, in communication and um, and communication is a uh, is a very powerful tool as i saw you know with all those uh, international campaign uh, of, of you know portraying the the hunt the seal hunt as something terrible, and it it made I mean they were very su- successful in in that regard because <clears throat> the the state United States put a ban on on all marine mammal products in the 70s. Um, then uh, EU more recently put a ban also on, on all seal products. So, I mean, despite all the rationale behind it saying it's no different from any other slaughter of any animal, it's actually a bit better than, than you know, rationally when you look at all the, the scientists' report, that's what they're saying. It's a bit better because the animal lives free and, um, and die instantly, you know, without any suffering, really, uh, without any fear um, or very little, you know, compared to slaughterhouse and, and cattle and pigs and, 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 uh, and chicken all around the world. So, you know, it, it was, you know, despite of all the, the, the rationale, field hunt was still portrayed as uh, something horrible. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, seal hunt put almost beside uh, um, what happened to the Jews in, the, you know, in, in World War II or, or um, other, you know, like like slaughter or, or war stuff, you know. I mean, that, that was totally crazy, totally irrational. So anyway, uh, I had the opportunity at one point to apply on a job to, to be a coordinator, director of the SEAL Association. And I thought at, what, at that point, I just thought, well, that, that seems interesting. It's a nice challenge. And my God, it, it, is it a challenge? It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into, and uh, you know, very little money, of course. Um, and trying to, it's David against Goliath, uh, and, and it's uh, it's a little saying, you know, <laughs> I would be a, Dave, a little David against an army of Goliath, really. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, I got into it and and got very hooked on it. Um, I don't know if it's the you know I don't know defending the the weak against the, the strong or just the the injustice of it all. Or I'm not sure exactly what drawn me into it or kept me in, you know in, in that field. But I I found it very interesting to to, to see how how it's connected to a lot of different things, you know, because uh, just recently, uh, last year, I created an uh, an organization, international organization called Livelihood International, and which allowed me to travel uh, everywhere uh, on the planet, which I did before, but for other reasons. And I realized that a lot of other people around the world have the same problem because those anti-use groups 
uh, like IFA, HSUS, uh, Pew Foundation, and, you know, there's like dozens of them, uh, are very well-founded, very powerful, multinational organization. And they're practically anti-you, so they don't want people to use anything. They don't want us to have cats and dogs and bees and, uh, you know, males. And I mean, they live in that fantasy that, that, you know, humanity can be supported just eating plants, which is, you know, when you look again at the rationals, it, does, it just doesn't add up uh, for many reasons, which are complex, and I'm not going to get into it. But, <laughs> but you know, like, um, I mean, the, if I come back to the hunting system, uh, you know, a lot of those groups are advocating for, you know, vegan diet and and so on. But when you look at, for example, population in Africa, some population in the north as well, well, they just cannot do without hunting. It's impossible. I mean, they don't, they, they live in some regions where plants are pretty rare and scarce, you know. So um, their their diet is basically you know, mammal, um, animal protein. And um, to say that, you know, those people should change their way of life, which is very sustainable um, and, and very adapted to, to their environment, is, uh, is just crazy. And all, all those uh, anti-hunt uh, propaganda is affecting them greatly. So I, I realized that... Uh, if you know that all anti-hunt uh, propaganda affected my people here on the Magellan Islands, well, we do have other resources, so we have options. I mean, we have lobster, we have crab, we have other fish. You know, if, if the seals were not eating everything, uh, <laughs> but that that is another problem that we we're going to try to uh, address pretty soon. But it's. Um, I mean, those people, especially in Africa and, and in the north, are, are, were affected immensely by those anti-hunt propaganda. And um, so, I, you know, I, I, I decided to try to defend them as well as it's pretty much the same uh, fight. So I've been, you know, I've been uh, more and more involved in, in defending and uh, promoting hunting as a as a conservation tool, first of all, uh, as a, a livelihood uh, tool and, and important for, for livelihood of a lot of people around the world. And uh, as any human activity, it, it has flaws, you know, and it needs to be uh, better than, uh, you know, we are always have to, to work at doing it better and better. But but basically, you know, hunting is natural and and it's good for 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 the earth, you know. And there's a there's a side of it which puts uh, human and animal in relation, or keeps you know animal and and human in in, in relation. And as weirdly as it sounds, um, it is the natural order of things. That's what I. That's what's happening in in nature, you know. Uh, some animals get hunted by other animals. I mean, it, it's it's sort of weird to say humans shouldn't kill other animals when animals are killing other animals, you know. And it's, I mean, it's, it goes to a very you know basic philosophical uh, question: Are we animals uh, ourselves? <laughs> are we animals, or we're we're totally apart from it and it's 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 sort of a catch-22 for those people uh, advocating uh all humans shouldn't kill other animals we should be vegan and stuff like that while disregarding the fact that plants are also living creatures um of course but uh i mean they're they're fancying themselves as nature protector but they're just trying to distantiate themselves from nature by doing that and when you talk and when you live among hunters you see how how important that that um, c connection with nature 
uh, is, you know, when you when you go hunting, you know, that's that's what keeps them there. You know, they I mean, sometimes they go for days and, you know, weeks out in the nature and they come back empty handed and you tell them, how was the hunt? Super. I say, what what did you get? Nothing. <laughs> but it was great. You know? uh, I mean, they were, they were up in their trees for days and, you know, raining and cold. And and they were just looking around, you know, listening to the nature, to birds, to animals moving in the forest. And they're, you know, they're in a bliss. So, I mean, it's not it's not all about killing, really. No, certainly not. And the the other irony too that I find, uh, because I particularly like how uh, seal skin looks, is uh, if you don't wear fur, then you end up wearing clothing that comes mainly from petrochemicals, which is probably more yeah. des- more destructive than uh, well, not probably certainly is more destructive. So, uh, <laughs> oh, de- definitely. I mean, uh, and and there's there's numerous you know things. Uh, uh, I mean. There's a big movement right now of farm from farm to table or from nature to table. So people more and more wants to know what's in their plate, you know, how it was uh, raised, is, uh, was there, you know, uh, antibiotics, hormones uh, used. And I mean, when you look at the, the wild hunting, I mean, you cannot get any better than this. Uh, the animal has a, has a good life until the moment it's dead, you know, in an instant. And, um, and that meat goes to, to feed, you know, people. Um, there's actually a big debate right now in Quebec because um, chefs are saying we have to get access to that meat. I mean, people want it in, in, in a nice restaurant, high-end restaurant. And sometimes... The hunting is done, and and um, and not everything is used because of that. Because it's hard to, you know, to 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 give it to someone or to to sell it to someone or to find someone who can use it, uh, and and it's really too bad. So I mean, we definitely have to to put some pressure here in Quebec and 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 other places in Canada about uh, the fact that that. Those meat, you know, those wild meat should be allowed to to get access to to other markets. You know, um, that that would change tremendously uh, our way of seeing the hunt as well, and um, and that would help us to be more and more self-sufficient. Because I mean, Canada is a huge territory. We have lots of lands, you know, wild lands. We have lots of natural resources, and uh, and if we would uh, have you know in our place more of our wild meats maybe we'd uh, we need uh, less of uh i don't know new zealand uh, lamb and that that would be all better for the planet as well so in uh your your role what uh what does the or uh or more broadly what does the association do in terms of advocacy oh and or um, because I can remember a few of the things when we had visited you this past April that some of the events that uh, had happened on the island, like uh, bringing in Aletheia, and there's a, uh, what's it called? The, I'm missing it uh, horribly, so I apologize. The Seal Festival, I think. Yeah, the, yeah, the Seal Celebration, yeah. No, what, what we do basically is, uh, well, we have to do everything because there's none... <laughs> There's nobody else, you know, than us do doing that that type of work. So we do have to work on on the promoting the uh, the the hunt itself, the seal hunt itself. But uh, also one of our most important role is to to uh, have that relation with the government because um, it's an all always involving. Um, sector uh when i look at um a couple of years ago only i mean seal hunt was basically harp seal hunt and all the regulation was based on that that species the harp seal which is coming from the north 
spending a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of months in the, in the, in our water, um, in the Gulf of St. Lawrence on the front in New Newfoundland. And, um, and then after that, they go back. Um, so the, the hunt and the hunt was happening on the ice. And so, I mean, the whole regulation was based on this. And then, uh, comes the, the gray season. <clears throat> uh, the population went from 5,000 to 500,000 in a couple of decades. So now we have another species who, who stay all year round, eating a lot of fish, a lot of uh, crustacean, a lot of everything, and um, creating a, a, an imbalance in the ecosystem. And we don't really know how to hunt it because it's never been done on a commercial scale. So, you know, they're scattered all around. They live, uh-huh. but we kill them mostly on land and not, not on the ice. Um, now the industry that before was more focused on the, the fur and the, the blubber is now focusing a lot on the meat, which is another way of dealing with it as well, you know, uh, regulation wise and and hunting wise so it's we have to talk to our hunters uh see how they're doing how you know why they're doing it this way uh, is the regulation uh helping them or 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 the other way around and then we have to talk to the government saying and recently we convinced them we said look you know like the regulation was made for harp and and it doesn't apply to gray seal. It's preventing us from doing our job. So we have to, you know, get all the the, the people together and, and discuss about it, then convince them that they have to change the regulation. Then they're telling us, well, before we change it, we want to make sure that's uh, that's really how you want it and it works. So we have to make all sort of tests and, and experiment and, and scientific uh, you know, uh, test and then make reports and then, you know, ask for the change, which is going to take a couple of years. And I mean, it's, it's an ongoing process. It, it, it's a, a lot of job, but it's a necessary one. So it's a lot of phone calls <laughs> and, e- oh, yeah. and, and emails. <laughs> exactly. And an awful lot of it. And, you know, right now I'm working at, building a, a bank of pictures and videos uh, that would portray the hunt in a positive way, uh, contrary to what we see all the time in the media. So, uh, and, and, and give access to all the media to those bank of video and pictures uh, to avoid them saying, oh, we used a picture from IFA because we didn't have any other, you know, anything else. So now they will have something else. And, um, that that's an important step as well. So, I mean, I could I could name tens and dozens of projects that uh, <laughs> that we're working on right now. It's and 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 I'm I'm alone in the office. You know, I I do I do my own coffee and I I, I broom <laughs> the, the space and I <laughs> and I answer the phone and I answer the email and I do everything. I do the 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 you know uh, the only thing I don't do is um, is uh, the numbers you know I, I I have I have somebody to help me out with that uh, accountant but beside that I'm pretty much doing everything on my own you know so uh, and you know uh, with the help of a couple of volunteer people but it's uh, yeah it's it's a lot of work it's uh, but to me it's very rewarding that's that's the point you know um, and. I'd rather do this than having a job well paid, but uh, where I, I don't find, I don't think I'm making any difference, really. Right. Yeah. And on just to take it back, because that uh, piques my interest in terms of the uh, about the the collection of the images and video. Will will that kind of be made? Will will you make that public, or will you kind of just use that as a kind of a, like a stock footage type thing that people can just uh, if medium needs it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be sort of uh, pretty much the same thing as you would have, you know, going to Getty Image or iStock Photo. Uh, but, you know, like I will let all the media know, you know, as much as I can that we do have access to 
many videos, uh, many pictures, uh, actually maybe uh, even illustration, uh, graphics, all sort of stuff like that. Uh, and that if they do have any needs in that regard uh, to make a documentary or just a news or report or whatever they, they need, well, just to contact us and, and I'll do my best to, to you know, to, to find what they need in, in, that, uh, in that bank of, of material. And, um, you know, I, I still have to, to think over how I'm going to manage it, but um, I think so far it's going to be a bit uh, in that sense, you know, like having it available for them to use it freely. That's the, the main point also. Uh, without too much hassle on, on, on paying for this and that and knowing how many people are going to look at it. And that's, you know, sometimes it gets too complicated. I want to make it easy. Like, this is the material we have. We bought it for you to use it. It's free of charge for you. And, 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 and you know, and here it is. So you don't have any excuse now to put a, a picture of a, uh, a white coat with his head blown off and, yeah. and bleeding the eyes, you know. I mean, you have other stuff, especially that uh, we don't hunt, you know, white coats for like 30 years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, on the, then the, the SEAL Festival too, because we had just missed that. Are, are you, is your association part of that or do you just help can like help organize it or run logistics in that no we're very much uh implicated in in, in that involved you know in that uh in that event uh we have all sort of uh of uh happening you know in that event like uh, we have chefs coming from uh different parts of the world, i would say but uh, mostly from now uh since since then in from canada but uh Last year, we had a, a chef from um, Vancouver serving seal meat uh, in his restaurant. So that was pretty interesting. This year, we're going to have a very well-known chef. I asked already um, Joseph Shawana, who's working in uh, Toronto. Uh, oh, yeah. Kukum, yeah. Uh, restaurant. Uh, Kukum uh, restaurant, and um, which had a lot of uh, media attention recently. And, um, and that's, you know, and we, we meet uh, young people, old people, we give uh, rewards to some people involved in hunting, either hunters or, or, uh, people, uh, defending it or, you know, so it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. It, it caught a lot of attention. Uh, and it, uh, I have to say it, it probably helped the meat getting and a lot of attention and getting being something very desirable now i mean a lot of chefs are are asking for it now like i hand chef one you know top chefs of the world and now we have to uh to work on the fact that we need high quality uh, meat and available i wouldn't say all season but i mean to to um to make sure it is available when we need it uh, or you know it, it could be a bit like lobster i mean lobster people are eating it mostly fresh in season but uh, so with the the seal it might come to that point too it's going to be you know a seasonal uh, meat that uh, you would enjoy you know start of the week, uh, start of the year uh, from maybe january to uh, april uh, i mean uh, March, April, or something like that, uh, like that, or April, May. Uh, but that uh, that could be also an interesting way of doing it. You know, uh, saying, well, if you want to eat it fresh, well, here it is. If you want to eat it uh, frozen, uh, the rest of the year it's possible. Uh, but you know, people have to to know what the what to expect with with that product. And um, as it's a it's a pretty much new product, well. Everything has to be done. You know, it's still a war, a lot of work to do on that regard as well. Yeah. What would you say the biggest obstacle to that would be? Because you were mentioning that the 
um, that most of the regulations are for or were oriented around harp seal, and now it seems, at least in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, it's gray seals that are uh, predominant. Yep. So is it uh, is it just regulations that haven't kept up with the change, or is it yeah. or is it a consumer again, like a consumer wariness about because they don't really, you know, think of seal as delicious, which I will reaffirm. I think I've said it probably every second episode that seal meat is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a mix of, of many factors, but definitely the regulation is one of the, the top priority for now, because, you know, if we don't have the right regulation, it's, it's an obstacle right away, you know, uh, because I've been saying that for many years now, but even if you would take out all the regulations, uh, that would still be very hard to control the seal population <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of them. They're spread everywhere. Uh, it's a big animal. It's not easy to hunt. Uh, you have to hunt it, you know, either on the beach or in the water. When you hunt it in the water, uh, you can lose the animal easily. Um, I mean, there's a lot of challenge, you know, related to it. I don't think... Once we get a uh, high-quality product uh, in, uh, at a decent price and, and at a decent availability, you know, around, um, I don't think it's going to be a problem for consumers because it's, it's a lot of people out there are, uh, uh, they want seal meat, you know, they want uh, hormone-free, free-range, antibiotic-free, uh, you know, uh, wild products like that. I mean, they're crazy about it. Um, and we don't need to have half a half of the planet who wants it because it's, it's always going to be a niche market. We don't have enough seal. It's never going to replace beef, you know. Um, but, uh, but, you know, when you, when you think that kangaroo is, you know, easily available here in almost everywhere in Canada, but not seal. It's a bit crazy. I mean, uh, why would you have a, an animal that comes from the other end of the world available here, uh, but not not your own? You know. Yeah. So we have a lot of work to do on this as well. But the the, the mentalities are are changing uh, regarding seal. And I, I don't think it's going to be a big, uh, big issue, really. Uh, even, even the anti-hunt uh, momentum has been dropping crazy. Um, I've seen what, you know, like that petition for to, to ask Chef Shawana in Toronto to stop uh, serving seal meat. And I saw the counter reaction to that petition. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> wow, they're getting really plastered on the public places now telling you know i mean you don't touch the indigenous right to, to do what they want with with the natural resources and they, they made a huge mistake there um and people realize how how irrational they are you know it's it's a religion for them you know it, there's nothing to nothing uh rational nothing uh, you know they're not sensitive about anything related to human being it's just uh it's you know it's a pro animal rights uh, extremist vision of things and i think people are getting are getting that you know more and more in the public and, and they're they're more and more supporting uh seal hunters and indigenous seal hunters yeah, that yeah, I was following that uh, the counter petition and all the reaction to it, and it certainly, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say backfired because I don't I think I mean I, I don't I don't think you need petitions against things to motivate people, but uh, I don't think that I don't think the person or they did not expect <laughs> the outcome that they, or that was not the anticipated outcome that they were looking for. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, and it was quite, it was quite quite impressive to just and even the the kind of more established media pickup. Uh, CBC ran a couple stories on it, and the, the local news or not local, I think Globe and Mail even picked it up too. So, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen it in uh, I think the Guardian uh, in in London. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's been it's been all around. No, there's you know I might be wrong and maybe I'm over optimistic, but I, I've seen a lot. I'm following a lot of what's going on around the world, and um, the, the, you know the anti-hunt uh, movement is still very powerful because they have lots of money still. But I think I see a change in, in people's mind. Um, it's just that, uh, and that's basically what I'm doing with uh, Livelihood International. I mean, we have to work together as well. Because I've seen too many times, uh, even even among hunters, we're criticizing each other. I mean, I see seal hunters criticizing whale hunting. <laughs> yeah. I, see, I see whale hunters criticizing uh, um, pilot whales hunting in the pharaohs, you know. Uh, I see pharaohs, people uh, criticizing dolphin uh, in Taiji, uh, Japan. I mean, you have to believe that everybody is doing their best, you know. They're, 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 I, you know, those anti-hunt people are always trying to portray the one, you know, like like all the hunters as, as wanting to destroy the planet and having no regards for animal. And it's all bullshit. I mean, when you talk to them, you talk, you talk to the whale hunters, to the uh, pilot whale hunters, the seal hunters, the, all the hunters, they're all doing their job. They're... they're uh, they have scientists, they have, uh, you know, very ter- veterinarians following what they're doing, giving them advice how to do it better and bettering and bettering their way of hunting. And, um, and uh, you know, they look at the numbers, uh, the population, they're trying to, to do it in a sustainable way. Uh, everybody's doing the same, you know, so you shouldn't believe what uh, what the other side is saying, uh, all those propaganda and lies about it and 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 we should all be working together you know i was i was talking to a lot of uh, um, african hunters recently and i mean it's the same you know trophy hunting well not everybody agrees on that uh but when you look at how the money is used uh from those trophy hunting well you're you're thinking it's it's it, that's why, you know, the, the biodiversity of large animals, it's higher in Africa than anywhere else on the planet. <laughs> so you have to look at what's really going on, the rational of it, and, and, and before criticizing it. You know, and as I said before, there's always improvement uh, possible, and we should work at that. But... Uh, is is uh, you know lion hunting or can hunting good moral? I I don't have the answer to that. That's not something that would be appealing to me, even if I was a hunter. I think. <laughs> uh, but uh, but when you look at how you know how the twenty five or thirty thousand dollars that the hunter is gonna pay for it, where it's gonna go to. Uh, uh, conservation of, of those animals to villages around those uh, those area where those animals live um, and you know how they're, they're bettering their their environment with it they're ensuring their livelihood while you're thinking perfect I mean they're doing a great job so you know can it be improved yes can should it be banned? Absolutely not. You know, it should be encouraged. So it's you know, it's there's there's a lot of issues around the world like that, and it's it's not easy for for everyone to understand everything. Uh, uh, but the information is out there. The right information is out there, and and people should educate themselves about different all those different topics before criticizing. That's for sure. Is that one of the, I think you might've mentioned it, but I think it's important to restate it. Is that one of your, the goals of the, of Livelihood International to try to uh, make actual 
uh, more than kind of Facebook-like connections amongst hunters across or around the world? Yeah, it's a, it's more uh, it's it's larger than just hunters, but it's uh, it's really based on the basic mission of Livelihood International is to make sure that the the international decision uh, related to the management of wildlife uh, take into account uh, the livelihood of people, you know, mm. uh, because what we're saying is that we, I mean, the, the anti-hunt uh, and anti-usage uh, movement, they want to... They want to protect the animal for the sake of the animal. Uh, the pro-sustainable use movement, which Livelihood International is part of, wants to protect animals for the sake of human beings. Uh, we, I mean, we want to have to make sure that as much animal, as many animals, as many species, and, and, and that the environment is, is, is good and it's going to last for the sake of human being first, first and foremost. I mean, if, if we're not doing it for, for human beings, why are we doing it exactly? You know, uh, so and, you know, we want to bring back uh, rational into those discussions instead of, of all those irrational decisions that were made. And, and seal hunting is certainly a huge example of it, of how many bad decisions, irrational decisions were made in an international level and uh, that were detrimental not only for human species, but for the, for the, 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 the animal species as well. Um, so it's, you know, we just want to make sure that you know, the, the, the real science is, is out there and it's to listen to, which is not always the case. I've seen it a lot in CITES, you know, Convention International for Trade in Endangered Species, that, uh, that is supposed to, to be talking about the trade in endangered species and which is now talking about, I don't know, elephants and, and Kruger Park, which, which are overpopulating. And still there's a ban on, on, on elephant tusk, which doesn't make sense. Or, uh, or rhino horn saying uh, we should ban all rhino horns to save the rhino when you know that the horn is in fact growing back. It's like a nail that you can harvest every year and uh, make a fortune with it without even harming the animal. Once again, it doesn't make sense. And um, all the, the, the money lost in those trade are also lost for people's livelihood, for uh, conservation of animals, for all that sort of, of, of useful things. But um, the anti-use groups are you know, getting none of that. I mean, they make huge amount of money by by having the, the you know talking the talk they're you know they're having uh, and that extreme position people make make believe people that they're the, the the decent one who wants to save the animal and the planet which actually their action is is doing the other way around is detrimental for it but uh entertaining that lie uh, is is giving them a lot of money so that's that's what they do you know disregarding all the the evidence and the facts and the science so it's uh, you know it's it's a big battle that we have to do on the international level which is again you know david against goliath <laughs> yeah uh because, because they have lots of money people well funded you know and we're just a few of us, and, and most of us are uh, retired, which I'm not, but um, most of my uh, colleagues and mentors are retired people with a pension, which allow them to do volunteer works for that movement. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but uh, you know, it's uh, you can do so much with it. So it's uh, that's why it's so hard to get the young people also to get involved in that movement because young people need to work and to get paid for. They have bills, you know, and they don't have a pension. <clears throat> so you know, they would, you know, uh, rationally uh, or economically join be be more inclined to join the the, the anti use movement than the pro uh, sustainable use. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it's. I mean, some um, some people out there are are, are uh, you know want to do uh, certain or take certain decisions because because they're right, not because it pays. And uh, and that's what we're hoping to get is that type of people to help us out interesting how when did you start uh start that endeavor uh it was in 2016 uh it was uh under the influence (laughs) of uh, a mentor that was uh doing uh, did a lot of international um um organization he was working for CITES for a long time and he saw you know the big problem uh, there so he decided to create his own organization and and talking to many nations which are pro sustainable use and uh, you know they all realized that there was a big problem in the uh, the international level uh, in that regard so you know, he, he did get, get quite a bit of support. Uh, and uh, But, you know, the, the, the man is now 76, 78 years old. And I'm, I'm guessing he's looking for uh, younger people to, yeah. to continue the fight. And uh, he couldn't find better than me, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he asked me to, to take on this uh, endeavor, and uh, which I did gladly did. But um, it's a lot of work, you know. And uh, I, you know, now I have a, a young daughter, uh, which uh, is very rewarding, but takes a lot of energy and time. So it's um, you know, I, when I have to leave for a week for a two days uh, meeting in uh, South Africa or Namibia or. And I come back, I'm jet lagged and I have to go back to work right away. And, you know, I haven't seen my daughter for a couple of days and it's, it's not, it's not easy. I see it uh, as necessary for now, but uh, I hope there's going to be younger people coming in, in that, uh, that fight and, uh, and taking uh, those roles because it's, uh, it's really very interesting, rewarding, but very tiring. takes a lot of energy and you know it depends where you are in your life but uh, you cannot you cannot always prioritize that sort of things you know over family and and, and feeding your, your family so, yeah. <laughs> so it's a you know it's, it's, it's a challenge but uh, as I said it's very very interesting um, one one thing I've been asking people to do and kind of perhaps as a a nice wrap up or tie in uh, is uh, do you have any uh, memorable story about hunting or fishing or any, even just being out on the ocean that, you, that you'd like to yeah. share? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not an experienced hunter. I'm, I've been to, to be honest, I've been to the hunt once, you know, because I really wanted to see what it was. I mean, it's not something you can talk about unless you know you've been experiencing it yourself. So I've been to the seal hunt uh, with fellows, you know, friends from Magdalen Island, seal hunters, a very experienced one, which I wasn't. But um, uh, that, you know, that was a very interesting experience for me because... uh, I mean, people would have probably think that I was crazy if, if they were listening to me closely because seal hunting, un, uh, unlike other hunting, a little part of it is done with the hackapit, which is a uh, sort of a long uh, stick with a, a hook shape uh, and a hammer. 
and don't believe you know what you've seen from the anti-use groups. We don't hit with the with the hook. We hit with the hammer, the other part of it. But uh, so the the point is exactly what they do in slaughterhouse. We we destroy the uh, the, the cranium, the the head, and 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 destroy the sensitivity and, and reaction uh, central. You know, uh, the brain. Uh, so it's the it's it's causing instant death. And as you are very close to the animal, uh, unless with, you know, uh, unlike uh, with a rifle, which you have to shoot it from a distance, uh, you have more uh, chance to, to hunt, uh, to hurt and, and, you know, wound the animal and not killing it with a rifle than with the acapic because you're very close by. So if you don't, succeed in your first shot uh, you have you know like two seconds after you you're giving a second blow and a third blow so it's it's very uh, it's very uh, fast uh, as a method of death it may, it may not look good uh, but it's it's very efficient and uh, but the other thing is that it's also very close and personal yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With a rifle, I mean, you, you, you look at the animal from a distance and then you shoot. It's like target shooting or, or video games. But but when you have a, that hackapick in your hand and the animal is is two feet away from you or three feet away from you and he looks you in the eyes and barks at you, um, it's, it's, it's very... Um, uh, I don't know what, I, you know what the term is, but it's very... Uh, uh, poignant, very emotional, you know, to, to see the animal. And, and as I'm not a seasoned hunter, uh, I, I was, I was, um, I was begging them to forgive me every time I was hitting them. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I was basically saying, I'm sorry, it won't be long. It won't be, I'll, you know, I'll make sure you're not suffering. And then bang, I was hitting them over the head to kill them. And I was thanking them for for their sacrifice, you know, for for us to eat, which was exactly what the the indigenous people are doing. Um, so it was it was a very um, a very emotional experience for me, uh, and and I I could see that other hunters, even though they were very uh, experienced. Uh, had no pleasure really in doing what they were doing. Uh, they were, you know, going going through the motion really, um, because the end of it was was a pay, you know, that they would feed their family with. It was meat that they would feed their family with. So, and it, it was it was the whole connection with nature really, uh, the whole trip, the whole bonding between uh, members of the crew, uh, the whole outdoor experience the hardship of it you know the the danger of it the the whole the whole experience was what they were looking for not not the killing you know so that that was a very uh, very interesting moment for me 